Welcome to the War Report. This is a uh, season two of the War Report, and as we go into this new season, you know, we're gonna hit some nice topics. Now, this topic we're gonna talk about today is water. You've seen the title, you understand. This is water, and you know, water is essential for us. We need water as humans. We need water. Listen, you can survive damn near 30 plus days without food but water is that after a few days desperation will hit <laughs> so it's, it's safe to say water is the essential thing for all life essentially for life <laughs> even when they you know search for life other places they look for water because it's damn near essential and it seems to be in america other places also but we're going to talk about how the breakdown happened in America. There seems to be a problem with the water. So as climate change affects us all, and it will affect us all, you know, we got to start worrying about the water. And climate change seems to be exposing how we use water and how safe and clean our water really is. Because, you know, as so it seems like an afterthought. You know, like I turn the tap on, I drink, you just expect clean water, you know. And then even when you talk about the water being a problem, people think like, well, I'll just get bottled water. You know, if a crisis happened, I'll get bottled water. But what most people don't know is most of your bottled water comes from municipal water sources, meaning most of your bottled water is just filtered tap water. Right. So that's the same source. So if, if, it's, if it's a problem, it affects us. It affects us quickly, you know. So let's, let's, let's first get into how climate change is affecting our water. And then we'll expound upon that. So I'm going to get to this first article. And uh, this is from the UN Environmental Program, right? Because they've been doing studies and tests. And uh, we're going to get right into it. It says, as the climate dries, the American West faces power and water shortages, experts warn. Two of the largest reservoirs in America, which provide water and electricity to millions, are in danger of reaching Deadpool status as a result of a climate crisis and overconsumption of water. This is what the experts say. Lake Mead in Nevada and Arizona and Lake Powell in Utah and Arizona are currently at their lowest levels ever. This is that Deadpool status. Uh, it would mean the water level in the dams is so low it could no longer flow downstream and power the hydroelectric power stations. Right. It says uh, Lake Mead Reservoir, which is the largest artificial body of water in America, which was created in the 1930s by the construction of the Hoover Dam, is an engineering masterpiece. Lake Powell, the second largest, was created in the 1960s with the construction of the Glen Canyon Dam. The conditions in the American West, which we are seeing around the Colorado River Basin, have been so dry for more than 20 years that we no longer speak of a drought. <laughs> and they're referring to it as aridification, meaning a new, very dry normal. So, so basically, the first thing they're talking about is uh, how low these reservoirs are. 
and it, and it speaks on things because a lot of the power comes from that. Like they constructed the Hoover Dam, and you know, as the as the river flows, it powers turbines and produces electricity, right? And now we have a problem because it's been so low. Low is the new normal to where it's it's getting to a point where it can't even flow downstream to even power that. Now, so this is this is also tying in how water is affecting our electricity, also, right? There's like this is a major problem, and it seems like you know in the public. They talk about all these culture wars, but they're not talking about the important stuff like water wars. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where's where's the water going to come from? How are we going to survive? How will this reshape the nation or the world for that matter? Like, you know, even though we're surrounded, there's water everywhere, there's salt water everywhere. For being honest. And uh, that's not fresh water. That's not drinking water. That's not water we can use. So it's the fresh water that we are having an issue with but let me let me uh let me continue uh, it says lake mead and lake powell which is created by the Glen canyon dam not only provide water and electricity to tens of millions of nevada arizona california wyoming colorado new mexico and mexico but they also provide irrigation water for agriculture it says experts warn that is the crisis deepens water cuts will be introduced but it may not be enough. So now understand, we're tying in the water supply with the power supply down to agriculture, right? Because, you know, if you look at that area, that's all it's farmland, right? Middle America is a lot of it is farmland and we're producing food, not just for us, but for around the world. And if we can't, that's a lot of water being used. So if we can't use that water to produce food, the food the food i mean the food supply breaks electricity breaks it becomes a compounding issue right a compounding crisis and you know as we publicly have culture wars we are not discussing or even trying to attempt to stop what is the real problem this is a real problem in the country and all it takes is a climate event to really doom us Right. Like, <laughs> listen, it, it's it's a double edged sword because we, 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 we have a water problem right with the fresh water. And <laughs> but on the other end, none of these states are prepared for climate change, meaning none of these states are prepared for floods. Let's just be honest right there. Like for floods, they're not they're not prepared. No one. It just wipes out infrastructure, just clears the whole state. So we, we, this is this is the this is one of the real issues that I think need be addressed. You know, like this is this is this is going to be the war of the future. Right. We have information wars. We have, you know, the wars, on, you know, boots on the ground wars. But there's a water war coming. There's a water war coming. And I think everyone needs to start paying more attention to it. You know, what I mean, like most most of the time as crisis is worsen you know people start paying attention but for some reason as this water crisis gets worse i don't see people giving it the attention that i believe it's needed right it's essential for everyone <laughs> it goes across party lines and all of that nonsense it's for everyone we all drink water we all need water we all need power we all need food right and this this addresses all of it
you know so they they, they this is the UN's uh environmental program right so like they're doing this is this, this is this is a fairly new report and they're finally reporting on this stuff but I don't see anyone taking it serious I don't see anyone taking it serious you know let, let, let's continue let's continue right so it says over the last 20 years 90% of major disasters were caused by floods, droughts, and other water-related events, right? Because people don't see how these things tie in, right? When you have a drought, right, and, and you, you know, it's not raining, droughts don't just happen on land, right? Like, <laughs> believe it or not, the reason different oceans are more salty and less salty than others is because of evaporation, right? It's hotter there, the water evaporates, which makes the salt content concentrate, right? But that evaporated water got to go somewhere, right? And when it touches down on land, when it goes, when it hits a cold front, we have major flash floods, major flash floods. Now, as climate change basically changes the way our climate functions, right? A lot of those storms that was going to be in the sea, it's going to be happenstance on land or make it on land earlier, you know what I mean? It, 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 climate change is changing. I mean, obviously changing the climate, but it's changing like the, the seasons as we know it. It's, it's the extremities of it all. Right. So you're going to have droughts, floods, droughts, floods, droughts, floods. And we're not prepared for it. But let me continue. It says over the past 20 years, 90 percent, 90, 90 percent of major disasters were caused by floods, droughts and other water related events. With more frequent droughts, people in water-scarce areas will increasingly depend on groundwater because of its buffer capacity and resilience to climate variability. Increases in water demand due to growing populations and irrigation for agriculture have been compounded by climate change. Uh, impacts such as reduction in its participation and uh, temperature rises. A rise in temperature leads to increased evaporation of the surface water and a baking of the earth, decreasing soil moisture. They gave a quote. It says, we're talking about a 20 year period of a drought like conditions with ever increasing demand of, to water. It said these conditions are alarming and particularly in Lake Powell and Lake uh, Mead region. It's the perfect storm. This is part of a wider trend affecting hundreds of millions of people across the planet. As climate change wrecks havoc on the Earth's interconnected natural systems, drought, desertification are swiftly becoming the new normal everywhere from the United States, Europe to Africa. They gave a report on the drought in numbers. So a 2022 report. So this year. The U.N. Convention to Combat Desertification found that since 1970, weather, climate and water hazards have accounted for 50 percent of all disasters and an impact of 55 million people globally every year. The report also found that 2.3 billion face water stress annually, annually. Like just recently, you know, Pakistan <laughs> You know, like one third of the country's underwater, right? From 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 crazy flash floods, and now it's stuck there. It's there. Imagine 
um, do this thought experiment with me. Imagine you live in your day to day life in your state, whatever state that may be. And then, you know, one day you have flash floods that last for like two, three days and it floods your state. Your state gets flooded. Just 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 think of the severity of that. Right. Your state becomes a lake, essentially. Everyone has to move and do what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's almost like what it's like your state being the, you know, Atlantis. You know what I'm saying? Falling into the sea. Like, these are the issues that's facing people globally. And it's only a matter of time before it affects you. Right. Pakistan wasn't special in the fact that it got flooded. Like, that was just damn near roll of the dice. Right. But these events, they're like a canary in a coal mine. Like, this is coming to you. Climate change is here, right? Denying it is just foolish at this point. It's here. Whether you think, yeah, the climate always does this and whatever, it's happening. It's happening, right? Don't politicize rain. (laughs) Don't politicize floods and desertification. Like, it's happening. So be aware you know what I mean? And, and, and as a society, we have to we have to start preparing. We have to kick in action. Like, it seems that we're so, like, responsive, but we don't prepare in advance. And that's the issue. It's the issue that we're facing. But let's let's continue with these water wars. Right. So it says drought is also one of the several factors that imp- impacts land degradation with but. Be- with between 20 and 40% of the world's land being classified as degraded, affecting half the world's population and impacting croplands, drylands, wetlands, forests, and grasslands. The UN Decade on Ecosystem Restoration uh, is one of the leading members, which was set up to halt and restore the ecosystem around the world, blah, 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 right? So they finally met up to see about this. Right, because it's becoming it's becoming unavoidable, unavoidable, you know, because of corporate money. Right, everything is becoming politicized because corporations pay politicians so they can continue to make their money by whatever means possible, whether that be destroying the environment or what have you. So things that shouldn't be politics become politics, like things such as floods and climate change and things of that nature things they don't want you to think about they seem to not be covered they don't want you to think about this right it's hard for people to deny a flood (laughs) you know what i'm saying so the best way is just not talk about it just don't give it no coverage and uh but here the war report we gonna give it coverage but there's something else that's happening so that's That's how climate change is affecting things. But there's something else that's happening. Right. So as water becomes privatized, right, as we as we let these companies control our state water supplies, you know, they start treating it like a product. Right. You pay your water bill every month, blah, blah, blah. But the the issue is because it's treated like a product, it's going to be neglected to save money. And that's what's been happening. Right. More and more across the U.S. 
and basically across the world, depending on who's running your water supply. It's becoming more and more toxic because they're treating it less and less. You know what I mean? Like it's the commodification of it. It's corporations are doing what corporations do. (laughs) And that's cut corners for money. So we're going to get into this right now. We're going to get into this. This is a this article by The Guardian. Right. It's talking about the water supply. It says America's water crisis. Right. They said they sampled tap water across the U.S. and found arsenic, lead and other toxic chemicals. Right. So a nine month investigation by The Guardian and Consumer Reports found alarming levels of forever chemicals, arsenic and lead in samples taken across the U.S. Right. So let's get into it. It says in Connecticut, a condo had lead in its drinking waters at levels more than double the federal government deems acceptable at a church in North Carolina the water was contaminated with extremely high levels of toxic PFAs uh, PFAAS chemicals a group of compounds found in hundreds of household products right Uh, the water flowing into a Texas home had both and concerning amounts of arsenic too all three uh, were among locations that had water tested as part of a nine-month investigation by the Consumer Reports, right? Uh, since the passage of the Clean Water Act in 1972, access to safe water for all Americans have been a U.S. government goal. Yet millions of people continue to face serious qual- water quality problems because of contamination, uh, deterioration in infrastructure and inadequate treatment at water plants right so consumer reports in the guardian selected 120 people from across the u.s out of a pool of more than 6,000 volunteers to test for arsenic lead uh, pfas uh, and, uh, and other contaminants the samples came from water s- systems that together service more than 19 million people a total of 118 of the 120 samples had concerning levels of arsenic, PFAS, and other other toxic chemicals. It was all above the CR's recommended maximum or detectable amounts of lead. Like this is this is madness. This is madness. So you have climate change affecting our water supply. You have the crumbling infrastructure affecting our water supply, right? To the point where now not only are we running out of clean water, the clean water that we do have is becoming more and more toxic. Like This compounds the problem. This is why it's an issue. And if you think countries, states, cities, governments are not going to fight for clean water, you're out of your mind. This is how... Listen, the word river itself, the word rivalry itself comes from the word river, right? We all, we've always fought over water. <laughs> like literally the word rival comes from the word river, meaning you know, the different sides of the river. Like We've always fought for water. I don't think it's going to change now, right? Like you can't, you can't just, <laughs> like you can't corporatize 
water. You can't politicize water. At the end of the day, everyone's going to need to drink clean water. And at the moment, as we can see, we're slowly being poisoned by a dwindling water supply. By the amount, by the quality, it's all breaking down. All breaking down. I know the war report sometimes could be a lot of doom and gloom, but this is just the reality. This is the reality. Like this is, like I said before, this is the canary in the coal mine. Like right now is the time to change because it's only getting worse. It's only going to get worse. And if a, if an event happens, some sort of climate event happens, it's, it's going to decimate us to a point of no return. This is why this is important. But uh, but let me let me continue. Let me continue. Uh, it says uh, uh, at? they have bullet points. It says more than 35 percent of the samples have PFAS, uh, potentially toxic forever chemicals. Uh, about eight percent of the samples had arsenic at levels above consumer reports recommended maximum. In total, 118 out of 120 samples had detectable levels of lead. That's almost all of them. Like lead is <laughs> lead is leaching into our water. You know what I mean? Because the, the pipes not being changed, infrastructure is not changing, and it's slowly poisoning the water supply. So, yeah, 120 locations tested across the U.S. Like this, this is, I mean, this is a small sample size, but it's very concerning, especially since it was damn near random. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, listen, it says almost every sample test that had measurable levels of PF, PFAS, a group of compounds found in hundreds of household products. These chemicals are linked to learning, delays in children, cancer, and other health problems. Jesus Christ, more than 35% exceeded a healthy threshold. Scientists and other health experts believe should be the maximum. Yet many consumers have never heard of PFAS, right? <laughs> so there was a, let's keep reading. It's a uh, Hong Ying, a resident of Florida, uh, New York, he's from Florida and New York, says he has long used home water filters in part to remove lead. But the 69-year-old said he didn't know anything about PFASs until he had his water tested as part of this investigation, which found a comparably high levels of the chemicals in his water. His quote says, uh, now I've got something to, something to filter, and that's the PFASs. <laughs> it says the test revealed other problems as well. About 8% of the samples had levels of arsenic, had high levels of arsenic which gets into the drinking water through natural deposits or industrial or agricultural pollution, which is very high, by the way. This is above a uh, consumer reports recommended maximum for drinking water. And almost every sample, every one had measurable amounts of lead, a heavy metal that leaches from corroding water lines and home plumbing fixtures. It's unsafe at any level. <laughs> oh, man. It says, in response to the findings, uh, Environmental Protection Agency spokesperson Andrea Dreckard said that 93% of the population supplied by community water systems gets uh, water that meets all health-based standards, right? And the agency sets standards for more than 90 contaminants that include arsenic and lead, but doesn't include 
PFASs. It says America's water crisis, while widespread, affects some communities more than others, according to the analysis of more than 140,000 public water systems. This is published by The Guardian. It found that access to clean drinking water is highly unequal in the U.S., with water systems that service poorer or rural uh, counties far more likely to have violations than those that provide water to wealthy urban ones. Water systems in counties with large Latino populations are particularly likely to have violations. This is what this is what, this is what their report found. Now let's get into the uh, <laughs> the PFASs, right? The forever chemicals in this problem. Because it was new to me, so I'm sure it's probably new to you. And if not, we're going to get into it anyway. So it says, manufacturers use PFASs to make stain-resistant fabrics and carpets, water-repellent clothing, non-stick cookware, and hundreds of other common products. The compounds can seep into the water from factories, landfills, and other sources. And because they don't break down in the environment, they're often called forever chemicals. Right. So an investigation into the health effects of PFAS's exposure is ongoing. But some of the strongest evidence about their potential risk comes from research of about 69,000 people in and around uh, Parksburg, West Virginia. The research part of a settlement between DuPont, which makes some of the PFAS the PFASs and uh, residents of the community was depicted in the 2019 movie Dark Waters. It found a probable link between exposure to the type of PFASs and six health problems. High cholesterol, uh, thyroid disease, what is that? Colitis, pregnancy-induced hypertension, and testicular and kidney cancers. Research also linked PFAS is to learn this ladies and children. This is crazy. <laughs> and, and and let's let's not let's not just glaze over that. Like this is from DuPont. DuPont's a chemical manufacturer. This corporation, they're poisoning the water essentially from their dumping, right? We noticed something in the uh during the lockdown of pandemic, like a lot of the water started clearing up. Like so you got the, the water in uh, Italy started clearing up. You had the, the Hudson actually started clearing up, right? And this is like, how did the water clear up in two months? What, what's going on? It's like because the companies were shut down, so they wasn't dumping into the water supply, right? Something that most people didn't know they were doing, right? Like most people don't didn't realize like they're dumping chemicals into Yes, yes, they're dumping. Listen, they're dumping it into rivers and lakes and all of that. Right. This is all fresh water that we use. Right. That we try to filter out, you know, but some of these chemicals, they don't get filtered out. You know, like hell, recently they found polio in in the New York water supply. Polio, polio in the water supply, let alone all the designer drugs. They find SSRIs in the water supply. Because, you know, the treatment centers can't handle all of this. And, you know, a lot of it is is, is corporate cutbacks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this is, this is a major issue. And it doesn't seem like we're handling it correctly. Especially not by pretending it doesn't exist. 
But let, let's continue with the, uh, the the PFASs, right? So let's see. At least 2,337 communities in 49 states have a drinking water known to be contaminated with PFAS, right? According to a January analysis by Environmental Working Group, right, the EWG, an advocacy, advocacy organization, CR test results confirm the ubiquity of these chemicals. They say we found PFASs in 117 of the 120 samples we tested from locations across the country, right? Despite the mounting evidence of widespread contamination and health risks, the EPA has still not set an enforceable legal limit on PFASs in drinking water. Instead, here it is, it has established only voluntarily limits, which apply to just two of the better studied forever chemicals. Like, just think about that. They came to the EPA with all of their evidence. And the EPA still didn't enforce it. I should let you know how corrupt that system is. Clearly, they're in the pockets of these corporations, right? Because to have them set some sort of limit, you start to have to address the problem, where it's coming from. And it's really coming from dumping. <laughs> I mean, they're essentially poisoning the water supply. You know, so these, these corporations, man, they lobby so they can keep doing this. They can keep dumping. But we are paying the cost. We're the ones paying the cost with our health. And that we're at the point now where you can't afford to pay this cost anymore. You know what I mean? Because, listen, you can't poison the little fresh water we have left. Right? We're already going through a crisis of water. And then you're going to poison the water we have. You know, this, this, this has to be addressed. And yet corporations are just lobbying government especially government agencies to do nothing to do nothing <laughs> listen the last episode for the last season we went to we went from following the money so we see how corporations lobby and pay government to have their results that was in the pharmaceutical industry but it happens in all industries right so in the chemical industry like this same thing is happening same thing is happening you know what I'm saying? DuPont, all of them. All of these chemical companies lobbying government. So now, like, they don't have to do anything, essentially. It's voluntary. Who's, they're not going to volunteer to, you know, stop themselves, clearly. You know, so this is where we're at. This is where we're at now, right? It says, Harvard environmental health professor Felipe Grandjean has suggested that the limit should be just one PPT part per million, I believe. No, part per trillion, by the way, uh, of PFOA and PFOS. So that's the two, uh, the main ones that's poisoning us, essentially. He cited his 2013 research, partly funded by the EPA, showing decreased <laughs> vaccine response in children exposed to the chemicals. <laughs> this is this is this is incredible right so consumer report scientists say the maximum allowed amount should be five parts per trillion for a single pfas right the chemical and 10 parts per trillion for two or more 
among the 120 samples they tested. This is crazy. It says two samples of the PA, uh, PFAS's levels above the federal advisory level of 70 parts per trillion, <laughs> with the highest amount being 80 parts per trillion. Remember, they were saying how the mo it should be one, one. The limit should be one part per trillion. But when they're testing it, they're finding 80 parts per trillion. Come on, man. Come on. <sighs> this is crazy. Listen, I'm going to have all the links involved so you can read all the studies yourself. But this is this is where we're at. This is where we're at, man. You know what I mean? Like we're this is this is this is what we're, we're what we're being forced to, to to deal with now. You know, like it's so much happening at the same time. Like you know, we got the climate crisis and now the poison of our water, right? And uh, <laughs> let's go into let's go into why America is running out of water. Right. Like, you know, obviously a lot of it is built due to the weather, but let's go further deep into it. Right. So this is a this is a National Geographic article. Right. Why is America running out of water? It says decreasing precipitation and rising populations could bring the perfect storm of shortages for the U.S. Where is our water going? <laughs> it says in March 2019, storm clouds rolled across Oklahoma. Rain swept down the gutters of New York. Hell plummeted in northern Florida. Uh, floodwaters forced evacuations in Missouri. And a blizzard brought travel to a stop in South Dakota. Across much of America, it can easily be assumed that we have more than enough water. But that same month, as storms battered the country, a government-backed report issued a stark warning. America is running out of water. Within as little as 50 years, many regions of the United States could see their fresh water supply reduced as much as a third, warned scientists, right? Of all the fresh water basins that uh, channel rain and snow into rivers from which we draw the water we rely on for everything from drinking, cooking to washing and cleaning, nearly half may be unable to meet consumers' monthly demands by 2070, Right? This will mean serious water shortages for Americans. Shortages won't only affect uh, the regions we expect to be dry, with many as 96 out of the 204 basins in trouble. Water shortages would, <laughs> would impact most of the U.S., including the Central and South Great Plains, the Southwest and the Central Rocky Mountain states, as well as parts of California, the South and the Midwest. And if 50 years seem a long way off, the reality is much sooner. Shortages could occur in 83 basins as early as this year, with 40 out of 50 states expecting water shortages. It's time to start thinking about where our water is going. Right. So it says from the snow capped Rockies to the flat expanses of the prairies. From the wetlands of Florida to deserts of Arizona, the U.S. is a country of geographical extremes with rainfall patterns to match. 
Louisiana gets over 60 inches of rainfall a year, while Nevada is less than 10 inches of rainfall annually in its valleys and deserts. But climate change is impacting uh, precipitation in broad terms. While the wettest regions of the U.S. are getting wetter, the drier areas are getting drier. And there are some seasonal shifts in the water patterns. Rising temperatures mean the snow melt that feeds many rivers begins and ends earlier, contributing to summer water shortages where uh, precipitation is projected to increase. Mostly in nations, northern regions, the trend is toward more intense concentrations of rainfall that are difficult to capture and use. At the same time, 145 basins are expected to be drier, especially in the southwest, South Great Plains and Florida. And in, in, West, in the West, California has already faced some of its worst droughts in recorded history. So let's talk about that a little bit, right? As we said earlier, you know, it's not just it's not just the rainfall is it's not enough. It's the changes themselves. You know what I mean? Like it's it's very hard to change the whole infrastructure to rearrange the all the states to capture more water. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That we already have established, right? Like if we already have an established way that we capture water and now that's changing, you know, like it's hard for us to change. One, we don't know where it's going to end. And two, we don't have that kind of capability. Right. So like we, we not have, we're not going to have the means to capture the fresh water that we do get. And that, and that is one of the biggest issues right now. You know what I mean? That is what's happening. That is the shorter chain. Like, that is climate change affecting our water supply. It's not as simple as just, it rained one day, we should be good. It don't work that way. <laughs> it definitely don't work that way. Like, we're definitely in a crisis right now. And one that's not easily dug out. Like, even with us changing the amount of water we use, like... That's a band-aid on a larger problem, to be honest. But let's 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 get let's get back into it. It says as the US water supply decreases, demand is set to increase. So on average, each American uses 80 to 100 gallons of water every day. The national uh, the nation's estimated total daily uses topping 345 billion gallons. Enough to sink the state of Rhode Island under a foot of water. <laughs> That's a crazy amount. Listen, by 2100, the U.S. population will have increased nearly 200 million. With a total population of some 514 million people. Right. Given that we use water for everything. The simple math is that more people mean more water stress across the country. It's crazy, man. National Springs, like Morrison Spring uh, from Florida, releases fresh water from aquifers to feed rivers and other bodies of water. Right? 120 million Americans rely on these ancient subterranean lakes for drinking water, but they're becoming depleted. We, we listen, man, Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let's keep going. Let's keep going. And we are already 
tapping into our reserves, our aquifers. Now, the aquifers are porous rocks and sediment that store vast volumes of underground water, just in case you didn't know what that was. They're being drained, right? Nearly 165 million Americans rely on groundwater for drinking water. Farmers use it for irrigation. 37%, 37% of our total water usage is for agriculture. Just keep that in mind. And as populations grow, listen, that's going to go up. That number is going to go up, right? It says an industry needs it for manufacturing, right? So groundwater is being pumped faster than it can be naturally replenished. The Central Valley Aquifer in California underlines one of the nation's most agriculturally productive regions. But it is in drastic decline and has lost about 10 cubic miles of water in just four years. Just four years. Decreasingly, a decreasing supply and increasing demand are creating the perfect storm. I mean, the effects which are already being felt. The Colorado River carved its way 1,450 miles from the Rockies to the Gulf of California for millions of years. For millions of years. But now, no longer reaches the sea. In 2018, parts of the Rio Grande recorded their lowest water levels ever. Arizona essentially lives under permanent drought conditions. And in South Florida's freshwater aquifers are increasingly susceptible to saltwater intrusion due to overextraction. Right? It says with potential disaster looming, there are doubts about the effectiveness and environmental impacts of traditional responses, including expanding reservoirs and mining more aquifers. New solutions are needed. Uh, desalination plants can produce as much as 50 million gallons of fresh water a day. California has 11 desalination plants. These are these to, to take salt water and make it fresh water. That's what that is. And another 10 are being planned. But despite costs that are half of what they once were, desalination water is still about twice as expensive as extracted fresh water. <coughs> Pardon me. <coughs> Water transfers from wet to dry regions, such as from Colorado River Basin to California, are another expensive option already in use. Proposals have periodically forward to pipe water from Alaska and Canada, but costs, are, <laughs> but costs and complexity have prevented any further planning development. Now, look, now, now think of this, right? So as these crises gets worse and worse people are coming up with plans right saying like, yeah listen let's do this let's let's create more factories to, to take this the salt water and make it fresh water and and and, and what do they run into what do they run to all about ah, we don't have the money we don't have the money <laughs> money money think about that think about that you are risking your water for money for money you know, listen, at some point, people are going to realize they can't eat and drink dollars and then understand what's important. Like, like, listen, and this is and this is what happens when you have like corporate takeovers of shit. You know what I'm saying? And when governments are in corporate pockets, you know, you, you, you can't do what's clearly needed. You know, why is California not making 
desalination factories, uh, plants, right? Saying, oh, we don't have the money, but they could produce Marvel movies for a billion dollars. Just keep that in mind. Like, keep in mind <laughs> what people are spending the money on that they they so care about so much. Meanwhile, dooming themselves. Dooming themselves. Dooming. Like, for all this talk of money, just look at the defense budget of the U.S. It's $780 billion. You know, next year, year after, it's going to be $800 billion. You mean to tell me you can't scale that back and secure water for everybody? <laughs> you would think they don't live here, right? You would think they don't need water either, right? This is... This is the larger problem. This is a larger problem. This is why this is a water war. This is how it happens, right? Because you're going to reach a critical mass and then it's going to be too late, right? It's going to be too late to try to build a factory to clean the water. It's, it's all, the crisis, this is me stabbing my finger, by the way. The crisis is already happening. We're already there. Now what? Now what you know what i mean like now what now what do you do this is this is definitely the war to war you know like this is the issue that we're all having this is this is the world that we're stepping into right we're going into a water war we're going into world war water <laughs> that's going to be the next thing right if you think they'll go to war over cobalt and nickel and silicon but won't go to war over water you are mistaken now i don't have uh i don't have a, a way to end this on a nice note right you know unfortunately this is this is the world that we're walking into and I think I think it's time to uh, time to pay attention. Right. It's something I want you to do. Right. I, I have homework for you. This is homework from the war report. I'm giving you homework. Right. Whatever state you're at, whatever country you're in. Right. Go find out when was the last time your water was tested and see the results of that test. It should be public record. It shouldn't be sealed or anything like that. See what was found in your water, right? I'm in New York. When I did my research, they, I see they found arsenic. They found SSRIs, which is antidepressant drugs in the water. You know what I mean? Like they found the polio disease in the goddamn water. Lead, right? And I'm in New York, <laughs> You know what I mean, I want you as a homework project, you know, go home, you know, go online to wherever your local municipal water place and see what their test results are. See what it is. Test your water because you may be you may be a little uh, further down the line than you think you are. Your water might not be as clean as you think it is. And it's time. Now's the time to start getting, you know big gravity filters things of that nature you know what i mean because uh <laughs> the water supply is dwindling 
and it's dwindling fast, very fast. Like it, <laughs> this is the this is this is the this is the issue that we're facing today. Have you prepared? Huh? What have you done to try to mitigate this? Nothing. Listen, start looking into filters. Good filters. You know, reverse osmosis machine for your tap. You know, this is this is what we should be doing. And this have been the war report. I'll talk to y'all next time. Oh, before I go, by the way, this is season two. If you have any questions, if you want to be on the world report, you can contact us. You know, through Spotify, there's a, there's a community section where you can contact us. You can contact us on Anchor, right? And uh, if you don't have that, you can email me personally, right? At uh, ggriff1993 at hotmail.com. We can set it up and you can be on the war report. I want to hear from you guys. I want to have some tinfoil talk with you. All right. So until next time, this has been the war report by the people of the people for the people.